Is there any game that can't be a drinking game? Actually, is there anything that can't be a drinking game? My name's Jonathan, and this is the Snakes Cast, the podcast for people who don't know as much about board games as they'd like to know. This week, we're celebrating the holiday season in the fashion of mature adults by talking about games where you get drunk. Like, as part of the actual game game. Welcome back to the Snakes Cast. Joining me this week, Steve Tassie. Hi. Scott Emerson Moyle. Yep. So, some of our listeners may not be aware that Snakes and Lattes, both locations, are licensed. Yay! Yeah. Technically never haven't been, but there's a whole story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a long story. It's a sad story. Buy us some drinks sometime and we'll tell you. But the booze is back. It's back. And it's looking for revenge. Uh, many players have actually been known to enjoy libation with their games, but there's an obvious difference between having a few drinks while you're playing, you know, guzzling some eggnog while you're playing Agricola, or... Um... I'm thinking about your farmer meeple going blind from the step. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And uh, actually playing a drinking game. So two very different things. Do you guys ever play drinking games, like actual drinking game drinking games? Uh, like drinking game board game drinking games, or drinking games just turning something into an excuse to drink any drinking game where you have to drink as part of the game like it's in the rules according to us in this version of the game you have to drink it's been a long time since i've done that i have not and neither have i so we're fully qualified to talk about this i think i played beer pong once maybe but i don't drink beer so it's just that's just pong for you yeah i kind of wish i'd gotten boozier people for this one oh i drink you're both very boozy people but oh thank you um you know what i have uh in, when I was in theater school, our apartment had written in blacklight marker on the surface of an entire wall, so you can only see it with a blacklight, um, a list of rules for a very elaborate, evolving version of King's, basically King's Legacy, if you want to think of it that way, huh. um, and a deck of cards that we played it with that had stuff sharpied on it, and a very elaborate, so we did do that. I have also done a performance drinking game called Drunk Shakespeare that's a similar... It's kind of a drinking game. It kind of is. Yeah. So I'm, I guess I'm A bit more elaborate because you actually have to be Macbeth while you're doing this. You do. It's, you uh, do. That, 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 was, that was definitely challenging. The sword... I enjoyed the sword fight part. I, I was terrified and remember very little. <laughs> Those were real swords, right? They were sharp? Let's say yes. Sure. So um, before we move on, folks, a disclaimer. Taking dumb risks is a bad idea. Nothing will ruin a fun evening quite like a trip to the police station or the hospital. So be mindful of your limits, be mindful of the people around you, and do not take chances with your survival. Okay? Okay. Now, there are three basic categories of drinking game. I'm going to call them stunts, rule breakers, and just drink. So in a stunt game, you have to do a task. Usually something that's real easy while you're sober, but difficult when you're drunk. In a rule Your breaker... taxes. Sure. <laughs> why not? Um, in a rule breaker, there's the this, there's this list of things you're not supposed to do. And whenever you fail, you have to drink. Your taxes. <laughs> Steve's never done his taxes. <laughs> Neat. And then we have just drink games, where you just drink whenever a particular thing happens. Your taxes. <laughs> Gosh. So you had to see that coming, guys. I mean, seriously. Uh, it, it, it was necessary to complete the running gag. It's okay. I appreciate it. So let's start with stunts. These are games like Flip Cup or Beer Pong. The one we have to bounce a ping pong ball into a cup. Or bounce um, Off. Bounce Off. What's, what's Bounce Off? How's bounce Off is uh, Beer Pong, but with um, patterns. You're, you're, you're given a card that has a layout of sort of a Tetris shape that you're supposed to create with your ping pong balls by bouncing them into a frame. It's, it's a manufactured 
game that you can get. I think it's Mattel. I believe it is. Yeah. Uh, and it's actually fun. I'm really uh, glad with, I own it. With or without the drinking. Uh, but it can absolutely be just as beer pong. It can be drink, drinky drink, drink. What drink, seems to be taxes. the case with uh, with a lot of these stunt style games is that they're, they're like that. They're in, in that they're, they could be just as interesting sober as drunk. And the drunkenness adds an additional level of challenge and an additional level of pointing and laughing when people fail, mm-hmm. particularly when they're doing something that's especially easy. Um, so n- you've played this one, uh, Scott. No interest. Um, I'm, I, I own Bounce Off. I like it a lot. I've played it with a beer in my hand, but I've never played it as a drinking game. No interest? No particular? Um, I don't know. I'm, I, I like drinking and I like gaming, but the idea of drinking being a consequence or penalty is weird to me. Why's that? Why's that? Um, because... Drinking is fun. It's pleasant. It's, it's, it's pleasant. Yeah. It's like, also oh, extremely no, popular all around the world. I another sip. Um, <laughs> but I also, in terms of what I drink, uh, I like, I'm a huge craft beer nerd. I like uh, often things like Imperial Stouts or Imperial IPAs that are 8 or 9 or 10 or 12 percent. These are not so the you're things. On the dark to, side. Yeah, these are not things to play drinking games with. These are things to, to sip and enjoy and take at their own pace, uh, partially because they're delicious and that pays off, but partially because they're really potent. Okay. So, you know, given that I'm more likely to be you know, doing something like margaritas or other girly drinks that are hugely alcohol content, it's, it's probably even more dangerous with me, but I guess that's why I don't play these games. I am also a fruity drink drinker. There we go. So, second category, rule breakers. These are games like Thumbmaster and Ring of Fire. So, Jonathan just lost Thumbmaster. I just lost yeah. Thumbmaster. So that, that's the one where one person has the job of being the Thumbmaster, they put their thumb on the table at some point, and the last person to notice that has to, Yeah. So um, why aren't we drinking for this recording? That that actually seems like a serious oversight. Yeah. I've made a mistake, folks. <laughs> well, uh, well, let's we'll crack something open afterwards. Let's finish the recording. So uh, you got the other one. Uh, like there's there's this one game that's uh, that's, that's that's well known all over the place. There, there, there's the, the three main rules are you're not allowed to point, mm-hmm. you're not allowed to swear, and uh, you're not allowed to go to the bathroom. Ugh. I have the bladder of a gerbil. That'd be a really bad experience. <laughs> yeah, and that one, I think uh, the deal is that if you actually get up to go to the bathroom when you're not allowed, then we can impose whatever penalty we want when you get back. Wow. Well, that was in our King's Legacy. There was a card you could play that was the bathroom pass. Right. Um, and all sorts of things. When you drew that, you would hang on to it, and all sorts of things changed hands to you know buy that card off of people. And the uh, the fun part of this, of course, is that uh, as soon as somebody messes up, somebody's likely to point at somebody and say, ah, and then, of course, when they point... Chain that. reaction. And, and then when they realize, <laughs> exactly. As soon as they realize, the as soon as they realize it, then that the, ch- the chain reaction thing is part of it. Um, you ever played? You've, you've played Kings, obviously. Uh, yes, yes. I probably still have that deck of cards somewhere. <laughs> what do you think of it as a uh, as an experience? Um, I I think piling up rules is really uh, is really funny. It's sort of a parody of bad game design. <laughs> you know, the the clunky rules pile up, and some of the rules are make another rule and. It gets out of hand quickly. I think those are really fun. There's actually a board game that does that called Gotcha. Big red buzzer right. button. And you're just playing cards in combinations that construct or modify rules, either attached to groups of people playing the game. And or how, specific Or person. specific individuals, yeah. Or and, somebody breaks a rule, bzzz, Yeah, and if gotcha. somebody breaks a rule, you buzz the thing and you go ahead on the points track and they fall behind. 
um, it's it's that drinking game with a scoring system to replace the drinking because selling a drinking game is complicated. <laughs> um, but it's it's very clever, and I, I really enjoy it. You mentioned selling them. That's interesting because, generally speaking, the stunt ones are more likely to be something you can buy in a store. With the little the, label that says that this is intended to be played with ounce glasses of orange juice or exactly. other wholesome beverages um, and that drinking booze is dangerous. And, and the rule breakers tend to be the sort of thing that you just play without needing any components. You don't buy them. You just, right. you just have them. Uh, Quentin Smith of Shut Up and Sit Down indicated in his marvelous podcast episode about drinking games, which you, which you should totally listen to, uh, that Europeans tend to prefer these rule breaker games while Americans and Canadians tend to prefer stunt games. Do you think there's anything to that? Hmm. Uh, I have never even once considered the difference sociologically between how Europeans um, get crap hammered and how North Americans get crap hammered. <laughs> what Quinn says is that uh, these, uh, these American-style things and Canadian-style things are about mastery and succeeding at stuff, whereas the European-style ones, uh, ones are about failing and about just failing to do the most basic things. You know, I've done socialists. Of, well, I've done most of my uh, European drinking in, uh, in Belgium which is the land of rules and bureaucracy. Oh my God, they love forms and stuff. Um, so that kind of makes taxes. sense. Taxes. Taxes, there it is. It kind of makes sense that their approach to drinking game design would come down to just more bureaucracy. 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 How has no one designed that game? So then we have our third category of drinking game where you just drink. Like you're watching TV and you've got this list of things and whenever one of them happens you have to drink. Star Wars Holiday Special. Drink every time it's unwatchably terrible <laughs> and see if you make it to be Arthur. Or Roxanne. You have two teams. Team every, Roxanne. One team, well you have Team Roxanne and you have Team Put on the Red Light and whenever your team's name is sung in the lyrics you drink. My personal one, the Nilbog. Nilbog. Uh, bad movies. Uh, each bad movie gets its own special drinking cue. Although... Um, Whenever Bruce Campbell mugs for the camera, yeah, that's a shot. Uh, boobs and blood tend right. to be universal. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think of these as activities? Do you, do you enjoy these kinds of drinking games, quote-unquote? I have enjoyed this type of drinking game. I Nilbog almost once a month. So uh, it's, it's a thing that I like. Um, mostly because I like crappy movies and um, <laughs> alcohol just makes them more endurable. Uh, Do you really compare these to other drinking games? It doesn't feel like a game to me. That is what yeah. they call them. We call them drinking games. Yeah, it's but it's you're not really doing anything. The feedback is one way. You're not you're not making choices that have consequences, so game is not actually the right word for what you're doing there. But everybody calls it that. Sure. People are frequently wrong. <laughs> Fair enough, but once something is used in the vernacular that often, surely it becomes, you know, common parlance becomes actual language, right? Sure. Apparently so. so. Drinking fun activity is the actual thing we're saying. Right. Okay, right. I'm still going to call them drinking games. You may. Uh, incidentally, with regard to all these things, Steve, uh, as, the, uh, as the curator of the library at Snakes and Lattes, I can't help noticing mm. that, uh, that, there, that none of these seem to appear anywhere in the Snakes and Lattes library and in the collection. I, 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 I'm wondering if there's a, a deliberate reason behind that. Yes, right. we don't want to be arrested or <laughs> lose our liquor license for reals. In Ontario, at least, I cannot speak to other countries uh, and other you know, jurisdictions. jurisdictions, but in Ontario, an establishment that provides alcohol is not allowed to encourage drinking. Uh, you can go to the bar and you can get yourself a drink, but uh, you can't go to a bar and have the bartender saying, you should really have four drinks. 
or or anything that remotely does that idea. That's why we don't have happy hours that change the price of alcohol. You right. can you can have a happy hour that does half price appetizers as a way to get people in to then consume more booze while they're there. But you can't do anything that actively encourages the uh, consumption and purchase of alcohol. So, therefore, no drinking games. But that doesn't stop people. Because, uh, as has been mentioned, Jenga can be a drinking game, and people will try to do that at... Uh, Agricola can be a drinking yes. game. And any, anything can be a drinking game. Uh, certain games lend themselves more to it. Uh, and people have tried to do that in our establishments. Uh, we, we have to say no. It's not a happy thing in some ways, but you, know, you guys actually being alive, you know, going to be able to come back and visit us again, that's a happy thing. Yeah. I, I feel good about that. Us continuing to be allowed to be in business yes. so that other people can come back and, and enjoy our uh, facilities. These are it's absolutely happy, happy things. things. Happy, happy things. But uh, generally speaking, they're better suited to, uh, to play in, uh, in, 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 in private environments. Home, and, and, and sometimes, at your frat house of choice. And sometimes at, uh, at theaters. When Shakespeare is being performed. Occasionally. I still can't believe that Barr let us do that. <laughs> Funny thing about that, though, Scott, one of the, the, one of the very few complaints that people had about that, this is going back to the question of success or failure in games, mm-hmm. uh, and the idea of success being boring and failure being funny. When you actually got through Drunk Macbeth and really didn't mess up, mess up any of your lines and got through the sword that fight anyone noticed without anyway. chopping your own head off, Mm-hmm. Um, so and I, I played Drunk Benedict in Drunk Ado About Nothing uh, the following year. And again, got through every word of the text and the dance choreography at the, in the song at the end. This is, as far as I know, one of the very few things that anybody complained about. Was Scotty wasn't drunk enough. Was that I didn't fail. You didn't fail. You succeeded. And Macbeth, I had an entire 26er of Jameson in me. And uh, <laughs> Drunk Ado About Nothing, I had something like 30 ounces of rum plus half a bottle of wine that I stole from my drunk Beatrice. Um, Crazy. There's just, I mean, some people, you see these people who are incredible at beer pong. You know, if after a few, they get in the zone. Right, and they're, they're Dr. Johnny Fever and their reflexes get faster. Exactly, as they, as exactly. More drunk. I, I think I'm just, my, my Shakespeare superpowers increase, <laughs> which is terrifying and I should stop doing those shows. You're, <laughs> you're an alcohol savant. Or something, yeah. <laughs> And that is it for season three of the Snakes Cast. Oh my goodness, three seasons. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back in January. Until then, I hope all your holidays are awesome and fun and safe. Steve, Scott, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. The Snakes Cast is produced by P.T. Douglas. Music is provided by Ben Sound. The opinions expressed on the show belong to the people in it and not the company behind it. See you next year, everyone.